Hello and welcome back to the uh, Flow Podcast. Hi, Handy. How are you doing? I'm all right, Ian. Thanks. So we've not done one of these for a little while, and so I thought it'd just be good to kind of introduce people back to the the message and what we do. So, uh, Andy, what what is the message and what do we do? Well, uh, the message is a missions organisation based here in Manchester. Initially, this we were just in this city, but now we've expanded all over the UK. So we have seven regional hubs in the UK and globally. Uh, we work intensively in South Africa and Germany and Canada, but we also have 48 other nations now reaching out to us and using our programs through something called Advanced. So all very exciting and it's all Jesus-centered mission, trying to reach the hardest to reach. Uh, I say my job as the founder is to keep prayer hot and keep mission hot. And that's what we do. We pray a lot, we do a lot of mission and we see some wonderful fruit. Fantastic. We've got some amazing creative missions teams here. And uh, one of the guys from one of those teams, Ben, wrote and then recorded kind of a couple of minute explanation, really, that about what the message is that we use on our latest promo video. So let's have a listen to that. And it tells you about who the message is. Who are we? We are gospel centered art with one vision, mission. In schools, on stages, on the streets and in prisons. We are a movement of the unashamed, untamed, unconventional, unshaken truth that has one name, Jesus. We are kingdom community spell one word, Eden. Might catch us in an office building nine to five, then on the corner of your neighborhood five to nine. Cause this is more than comfortable living, it's 24 seven life online. It says, I will live for this cause rather than mine. We are broken people with a united cause, an undivided love in a divided society proclaiming Jesus is Lord. More than performances for applause, we are community to the fractured and the poor. Where ex-drug dealers find freedom in Christ, where suicide runs to hide, where death turns to life, where the local thief becomes the urban hero, where 100 crimes become zero. We are transformed lives, transforming lives. We are God-shaped enterprise, where ex-prisoners and addicts find their home and become more than ever dreamed or hoped. Because in a world saying, I can't do it, we say, yes, you can. You can take a stand, find who you're meant to be, discover your identity and the maker's plan. Because we won't sit back whilst the generation dies. We advance through your city proclaiming real life. We train up the next generation to effectively proclaim Christ. We are a movement of laid down lives refusing to hide. We go beyond music and take people higher. We're not about fame or being admired. From the ones and twos to venues filled with thousands, we are unashamedly proclaiming Jesus. This is more than a job. We're born for this. We're called to this. To every tongue, race, face, and nation, we are community transformation, equipping identity proclamation. We are conveying the gospel with word and action, transforming lives, calling the next generation to rise. We are the message. I love that promo, Andy. It's amazing, isn't it? So good. So yeah, yeah good, good to yeah. kind of uh, get people um, really understanding kind of what we are and what we're what we do and what we're about. So uh, and there's you- a cracking video as well that you can watch on our website that accompanies that. 
Yeah, so you can do, go to message.org.uk. You can check out that video and a whole bunch of other great and Share uh, it as well if you, if you do social media. That would be really cool. Absolutely. So before you were talking about Advance, Andy, which is our evangelism sort of training network, isn't it? So just tell us a little bit about um, how that's grown over the last few years and some mm. of the things that have even happened since the last time we did one of these Flow podcasts. Yeah, so more or less exactly five years ago, January 2015, we launched the first advanced group, which was 12 evangelists. I went away on a retreat and I really felt during that time that God was saying, Andy, you're not meant to be the frontline evangelist anymore. You know, for 20 plus years, I've been the guy they wheeled out for the big gigs. Whenever there's a big gig, I would preach the gospel and I love to do that. And I still continue to do that. But in terms of mainline, frontline I felt like the best thing I could do was uh, in, invest in other evangelists. So I gathered 12 guys who'd come through the movement around me five years ago, and we wrestle with what kind of gospel we preach to produce disciples. We pray for each other. We're super accountable about our lifestyle, our spiritual disciplines. That we then, in between meeting every month, we have a WhatsApp group that we speak to each other daily and share our encouragements and prayer requests. And then I challenged those 12 guys to say, within 12 months, could you pray about forming your own advanced groups? And so the 12 has started to go into multiplication. There's now over 60 groups in the UK, over 700 people being trained in evangelism in the UK. But the really exciting thing that happened, totally unexpected, was about May last year, May 2019, uh, the Palau organization founded by Luis Palau, this amazing global evangelist who's now 87 years old, but just done an incredible reach millions for Jesus. They reached out to us and said, we love this training material you're using for evangelists, the advanced manual. Can we translate it into Spanish? Because Luis Palau is from Argentina and has a great reach across South America. So we're like, that would be great. And they didn't change anything. They just reproduced it and started to use it to train evangelists across South America. It was almost like from that moment, something broke and people from all over the world started to reach out to us. And as I said before, there's now 48 nations have said, we want to use this advanced materials. And there are hundreds of groups being launched. We're translating it into languages as fast as we possibly can. You know, I just signed off the Arabic version a minute before we started, uh, we started recording this flow podcast, but we've translated it into 18 languages and new languages all the time. And, and we're in faith at the message to believe anywhere we can find faithful evangelists who want to multiply the gift, we'll back them. We'll provide them with resources. We're coming up with a film series alongside it. And I feel like it could be the most significant thing we've ever done. Certainly in terms of the potential to touch millions as we release an army of evangelists. And it doesn't really matter if there's there's evangelists in Pakistan and India and Egypt and various places who don't know it started in this office where we are today. But as long as the gospel is faithfully preached, people are invited to follow Jesus what an amazing, exciting thing that is. Yeah, amazing. And what if there's someone listening to this podcast and thinking, yeah, I think I maybe have got the gift of the evangelist. What? Well, how, how can they get in contact yeah. with us? And, and, and is it appropriate for them? It's appropriate for, actually, it's appropriate for every Christian because every Christian is meant to do the work of the evangelist. You know, we're meant to be followers of Jesus. And look, a disciple is just a follower of Jesus. And as we follow Jesus, we follow him always to the lost and the and those without him. So we all, if we follow Christ, we've got to go. And there's a command. The last words he left ringing in our ears were go. So every Christian, 
I believe, should have a heart to meet together with other Christians to be accountable, spur each other on about how to reach the friends. I mean, a lot of the people in advanced groups at the moment are platform evangelists, you know, people who have a public ministry like me of inviting people, thousands of people to follow Jesus. But this is for everybody. And that's the exciting, explosive advanced network that's now kicking off all around the world. And uh, so if you go to advanced2020.org, you can get all the information. And if you're listening to this and you're from another country and you speak another language, that will then be able to link you very soon to Advanced Global, the Advanced Global website, where all these languages and how you can, you know, how you can multiply the gift of the evangelist in your setting. So it's really exciting. We talk about it being low control, but high accountability. We're not looking to control this move of God, this movement all around the world, but we are looking to be accountable to the gospel, which is very important. We're accountable to that, the command of Jesus to go, but also to lifestyle and disciplines and let's do this thing, you know, and I feel like I'm 60 this year, which is scary. So this could be an absolute key part of the next few decades before I see Jesus face to face. Yeah, and the accountability bit really is come off kind of a lot of what we saw happen with in history through the Methodists and through the Salvation Army. Just explain that part of it. The early days of Methodism was absolutely extraordinary. And it it was a, a viral movement all over the world where John Wesley got on his horse. He saw that Britain was getting drunk on gin and going down the planet, maybe going to go the way of France, which was be, almost becoming a Christless nation. And about, we were about to experience civil war. And John Wesley got on his, Wesley got on his horse, rode around the nation for 250,000 miles, preached 40,000 times and saved England. You know, incredible move of God, revival. And at the heart of it was just unschooled, ordinary people who went out as these circuit riders alongside Wesley preaching the gospel. And the the local the, the local guys, the local Methodist guys weren't trained, weren't hadn't been through Bible college, they're just passionate followers of Jesus who held to these massively high accountable holiness groups. They used to meet together and uh Salvation Army was exactly the same. Same holiness group, same model, same rough rascalians were the best leaders. And Methodism started to decline once they said, you know, they didn't like all the criticism around so many of your workers haven't had any theological training. They're just ordinary people who love Jesus and want to share him. And so they said, no, to be a circuit rider, to be a local preacher, you've got to be trained for four years and you've got to have the badge of ordained ministry. And from that moment, it started to go downhill. And so basically they heightened the bar in terms of what you've got to do to be a a leader in Methodism. And then they lowered the bar a few years in terms of discipleship. They said all this burden of everybody's got to be in a discipleship group and everybody's got to be super accountable about the lifestyle and about the mission. They said, oh, no, well, let's not do that. So, again, what we need to do is we need to lower the bar in terms of who can be on a mission for God. We're all called to be on a mission. You don't have to be ordained. You don't have to go to Bible college. But we need to heighten the bar in terms of godliness, prayerfulness, faithfulness as we possibly can to the mission. And if we do those two things all over the world, maybe we'll see what Wesley saw. Maybe we'll see what John Booth saw. Just in it. Uh, John Booth. Well, that's John Wesley. <laughs> William Booth. I do know that. He's my great hero. Maybe we'll see what William Booth saw. You know, an explosive Holy Spirit viral movement that starts amongst the poor. 
And how exciting would that be? Yeah, incredible. And uh, another bunch of people that uh, we love uh, who work amongst the poor are all our guys uh, on our Eden teams yeah. who are serving in communities uh, long-term in the bottom 10% um, of communities, sort of from, from an indices of deprivation standpoint, the bottom 10%, um, both here in the UK and and now in other places around the world. And, and we had the privilege, didn't we, hearing some incredible stories from our yeah. guys at the latest prayer day. And it sounds a bit mad, really, when I say it, but... Eden has become the biggest urban missions movement since Methodism and the Salvation Army. Since all those people on that move of God moved to live amongst the poor, you know, the slim, slum sisters and all these people who just chose to be incarnation among the poor were trying to reinvent what they did. We've not seen anything like the impact they saw, but it's, it's massive. Over 700 people have made that move in the last 22 years. I mean, wow. So yeah, Eden is in many ways bedrock, heartbeat, and some of our... Our best times when we gather as a team are when these Eden team leaders share their stories of just blessing the poor and seeing them come to Christ. Fantastic. Yeah, so we're going to have a listen to those now. So the first one um, is uh, Ali Wisdom, and she's part of the Eden team in Islington, Salford. There's a kid who comes to our Friday Night Youth Club. He's 10, he's quite quiet, he's not one of the troublemakers, really. Um, But when we gave them Bibles at the last um, Friday Night Youth Club at Christmas, we gave them Bibles, and he came up to me in school afterwards and said, oh, I've been reading my Bible, and I've got up to, like, this, and he... I'd forgot to say to them, don't just start at the beginning. I'd forgot to say, like, maybe look for Luke or something. But they all have just started in Genesis and they're going through. But he was just so excited. And when I was doing the Bible club at lunchtime, he was asking me where the bits were from. And, and then we were chatting on um, Friday Night Youth Club and we'd made gifts for them to send to someone to show kindness. And he said, oh, I want to give this gift to my dad. And I said, well, that's fine. Oh, but I can't send it to him. And I said, well, why not? And I thought maybe the parents would split up. And he said, oh, because he's in jail. And that is the reality for a lot of the kids we work with. But this kid is reading the Bible. He's made a commitment. He loves Jesus. Yeah, there's hope. Uh, I'm James. I'm on, in Rochdale, North Manchester. So uh, a couple of months ago, this girl turned up to our youth group out of the blue. Um, she just sent on the website or something. And she started coming along. Uh, I preached the gospel one time. And at the end of the youth group, she said to one of the leaders, she wanted to give her life to Jesus, which is amazing. Um, That's great. We see kids give their life to Jesus quite often. Sometimes the same kids again and again and again. What really hit me this week, she came up to me at the end of the, we were preaching about the plans that God has for your life. And she told me just the struggle that she was in. In the summer, she felt like God told her to move to a Christian school. Now she was not sure if God was saying something else. She was wrestling with this, and I thought, what a wrestle. We pray that these kids would come to know Jesus. And here's this kid who's reading the Bible herself, and the thing she's struggling with is, I want to hear the voice of God, but I can't quite distinguish what it is. Man, we're praying that these kids would come to know Jesus. We're praying, how many times have we been praying? Not just that we'd bribe them and persuade them and trick them into reading the Bible, but that they'd come to us, having already read the Bible, and saying, I'm trying to figure this out, would you help me? So that was just such a blessing for me. Um, Heather from Mersey Bank, representing. I was just thinking uh, this morning, like the word that I've been given is integrity. And um, it's really something that as team members, we have to really be showing or being full of integrity on our estates because people are watching us. They're learning from us and what have you. But I bumped into a guy who I won't disclose his name, but he's always really angry and he's really, really, really angry. I mean, angry. And he usually just like Fs and Jeffs at me, not at me direct, but that's just his anyway. 
He's, he was talking to me and said, I don't trust anyone in this place. I don't trust anyone. There's five people I trust. And three of the people on his list were team members. And I was just like, come on. Now, he hasn't made a decision to follow Jesus, but he, he sees it in us. So I just want to encourage team out there just to hold on to that integrity. And quickly, um, you might remember us some years ago, we spoke about uh, an elderly lady, 83. She'd come to the higher tour and given her life to Jesus. Who remembers that story? Amazing. She went to be with Jesus, which is sad for us, amazing for her. But um, over the Christmas period, her daughter gave her life to Jesus. So... Um, and I think that just goes to show in, like, the importance of being on the estate and being with whole families and rooting in and, yeah, plugging on. Uh, I'm Becky. I'm from Eden Fairvale in Sheffield. And we had... Um, uh, uh, there's a girl I used to know when she was in year six. She used to live on my street. She used to come around and play snap every weekend. Now she's in year 11 and she's getting into shared loads of fights like all the time at school. And she hit her teacher and she was on her last chance. And um, she came around to my house. She's, she's not really involved in groups at the moment. She's sort of on the fringe. She comes like once a term because if you come once a term, you get to go on the trip. Um, so so she, she does come sometimes, but she came and knocked to my house and she said, getting expelled tomorrow, I've got a meeting. I don't know what time it is, but me and my mum have got to go into school and have this meeting to get so that they can tell me I'm getting expelled. Um, and so she, she brought a couple of friends down. So we all, we all went down to the local takeaway, had some chips and talked about what Jesus says about getting in fights and how he didn't fight back. Um, and it was great. It was the best conversation about God I've ever had with her. Um, but then at the end, we um, got to pray together and prayed that she wouldn't get expelled. Um, and she came back later and told me she didn't. So she's got a fresh chance. Amazing. Thank you, Jesus, for fresh starts. Thank you for new life. Thank you for some incredible signs of your goodness. And we bless everything you're doing and pray more. Amen. How great is that? I mean, uh, I think the key thing in, in ministry is trying to do stuff that touch the heart of God, that gain his favour. Because it's not the smartest people, it's not the most intelligent, the best looking, the best resource. It's the people who have the favour of God who make a mark. And, and God's heart is for his son to be known. You know, Jesus went all the way to the cross and the Father wants that to be known in every corner of this planet. So, you know, with advance, I believe we're touching the heart of God. But God's heart is for the poor and the marginalised. Just look at Jesus when he came to the earth, how much time he spent amongst the, the gangsters and in the in his kind of Eden estates, if you like. And uh, so we're, we're trying to do stuff that just touches his heart and models what he's all about. And I love it now we, when we get these testimonies through of people who were part of a, one of those communities who one of the people that we've reached who've then become a Christian and now have joined the Eden yeah. team. And uh, we recorded uh, this testimony from um, Emma a few months ago, which we wanted to share with you. So I was a heroin addict for the best part of 10 years. Um, my life was in a really bad place. It was in a lot of darkness. I got pregnant with my daughter um, and I was in a violent relationship, a drug-based relationship. He got sent to jail. And I ended up sort of just randomly turning up outside this church and I don't really know why, but I felt very drawn to come in here. I was very nervous because I was very like ashamed of my addiction and 
I was worried about people judging me. Anyway, I didn't come in um, and I just left it. I ended up by the council being put in um, a shared house and one of them girls on a Wednesday night said to me, look, I'm going to this drop-in down at St Peter's Church and I was like, wow, that's, that's that church I've been hanging around outside. And I ended up going the next week, I came in, I walked in the doors and I instantly knew, it was such a mad thing, I knew the minute I walked in here, this is where I was meant to be and these are the people that are going to help me and they were just the loveliest people. I didn't, I didn't really believe it, it's not like I walked into church and I started believing in God, it was definitely something that was a process, but I started realising I was changing as a person. A lot of anger and stuff that I'd been dealing with over past issues that I dealt with every day for many years, which is the main reason why I was using drugs in the first place, was to block all that out. It had gone, it just, I wasn't feeling it anymore, which, you know, for me was a real moment in my life because, you know, I know that God got rid of all that for me. And throughout my pregnancy, I had social services involved. Five days before I was due to give birth to Ava, I found out that they were gonna be taking her once I'd given birth to her, which they did. Um, I had her on the Monday, they came the following Tuesday to get her and I was broken. It was like grieving for a child. It was just horrible and I couldn't stop crying. I was like crying from the belly and, and I, I lay there, you know, in this real emotional state and I looked up and I said, God, if you really are working in my life, you need to help me because I'm scared. I remember feeling really calm, just completely calm. All that emotion and all that pain I was feeling drained out of my body from my head to my toe. It just went. I just had this overwhelming need to find out who Jesus was and throw myself into the Bible. You know, I just felt so different. My outlook on everything had changed. I knew I was going to get Ava back, which I did. Ava came back a couple of months later. I was desperate for housing, I was trying to get out of this, this house that I was still living in, this shared house. Kate, our warden here, I became really close to. She had bought a property on the same road as church, just a little bit further up. And she took me there one day and she was like, you know, do you, do you want to rent this off me? Do you want this house? And I was just like that, wow. That, you know, if that's not God putting people in your life, I really don't know what is. So Ava come home, I moved into the property up the road. Then Gav and Gem approached me and asked me about joining Eden, which is something I'd never really thought about. But then my family, my mum contacted me and she's back involved, so she helps out when I do Eden stuff. And, you know, yet again, that's a God moment, you know. And yeah, life is, life is good. God is good, life is good, yeah. So one of the other things we do on every prayer day is we always have a guest speaker, don't we, Andy? And this yeah. time we had a guy called Ben Jeffrey, um, who actually used to work for us, didn't he, a few years ago? For a little bit, yeah, he did, yeah. He's a great uh, lad. Yeah, part of our prisons team and uh, now uh, runs uh, Soul City Church with his wife um, in uh, down in Stockport, uh, which is quite close to where our offices are. And uh, he came and great, gave a great uh, preach mm. to our team, didn't he? So good. So relevant and so just to have this cool young man who's passionate, church and you know we we always say we're never going to plant a message church 
we'll plant lots of church in partnership. We don't need another denomination. You know, 56,000 is probably enough. We just need the ones we've got to really like Ben is doing with Soul City and to have vision and passion. Yeah, loved his talk. And I love our prayer days at the moment. You know, we always go out as a leadership team, actually, for dinner on a Monday night. And every month we say, wow, that was the best one ever. And it's like, it's like almost like Groundhog Day, isn't it? Every time we have dinner together afterwards, we're like, that was like the best prayer day ever. The sense of God's presence, the passion, the stories, yeah. Yeah, you can get the whole of uh, this talk um, on the uh, the main message podcast, but we wanted to also play a little clip to give you a little sneak peek of what it was. There is a record that is playing in your life and everyone around you can hear it. And the record that you choose to play in your life will transform the environments that you're in. And you only get to choose one record that you can play in your life. And the people around you know the record you're playing because they hear it in the way you speak. They feel it in the way that you interact with them. It changes your work. It changes your home. It changes your street. And right now, at the beginning of 2020, we have this amazing moment when we're all looking forward to a new decade. And I think that there isn't a more important question that I could ask you today than what is the record that is playing in the center of your life? What's the soundtrack of your soul? And I think that if you get this right, it's like everything else genuinely just clicks You know, it doesn't matter if you mess up. It doesn't matter if you fail. You'll be okay if the record is right in the middle of your life. It doesn't matter if you hit tough situations. It doesn't matter if if surprises come your way. When you've got the right record playing, everything just clicks. It just falls into place in a beautiful way. But the problem is... I think most of us, if we were to plug this in and if we were to play this track, for most of us, what it would sound like is me, 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 me. I love me, 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 me. Look at me, 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 me. Look at me, 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 me. I want your attention. All of the time, me, 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 me. And I think that's a tragedy. And the crazy thing is we live in a culture that doesn't just validate that, they, they celebrate it. You know, and we, we hear people talk like this, you know, all you need is to love yourself, then it'll all be okay. Just love yourself and that's brilliant. You know, follow your dreams. You know, if you, if you just work hard enough, if you engage yourself, if, if you just do everything that you need to do, you will be all right. And we have this kind of culture that just says you need to love yourself. You need to put yourself first. And we celebrate people like, look at him. He had adversary, but he did it his way. And now we're back to Frank Sinatra with my wife. But it's like we celebrate that, don't we? And yet the Bible tells us something completely different. So as I said, you can get that whole talk um, on the main message podcast. Uh, For wherever you downloaded this one, just type in the message podcast. It will come up and you can download that one. Amongst tons and tons of other talks, we're uh, uploading new talks every single week. Uh, Andy, you're doing a series at the moment, aren't you? And uh, so's uh, so's Sam uh, Ward's doing a a series and Ben Jack's doing a series. And we've always got people passing through this place, haven't we? Yeah, it's really encouraging, actually. So many of you do share how blessed you've been that you can listen to this materials and it's all free. It's all, uh, it's 
feel free to share it if you're encouraged by any of those materials. I'm going through Ephesians, Sam's going through Luke, and Ben's going through James. So we're all chugging our way through books and trying to encourage people here in Manchester, but through through the podcast around the world as well, yeah. Yeah, good stuff. So um, one of the other things that we do at The Message, we've got the Message Enterprise Centre, and that's really uh, going from strength to strength, isn't it? It's been a, mm. uh, a bit of a roller coaster over the years, but things just are going so well, both in terms of the businesses are doing well, but also, most importantly, the mm. people that we're seeing, tra- their lives transformed through the programmes are incredible, aren't they? Yes. So uh, an absolute key. I think it was a, I do actually think it was something that was missing in the message that we would have on site here in Manchester, you know, people being discipled from the margins. That's always been our heart that the, the, the wild animals will honour me. That was our first scripture that God gave us, Isaiah 43. Those are formed to declare my praise. People whose lives are utterly chaotic and addicted and broken, but God's got a better plan than that. And so through the Oaks and through the Message Enterprise Centre, we meet people at the gate of prison or meet them coming out of rehab and give them a job and a home and wrap around support. And it's it's so precious to say that only 2% of those people end, have ended up reoffending. You know, there's 70 we've had on the programme and which is, you know, the same kind of cohort, uh, if you're going through government programs, would be about 80%. So it's saving society millions, more importantly, saving some real broken lives. And Jesus is doing the thing that only he can do. He loves to cooperate with us in that, but he's changing human hearts. And yeah, so it's been a right battle, as you suggested, Ian, you know, especially in the early days when the businesses were losing a fortune and there was all sorts of chaos. But I feel we've refined the program. We've learned loads and, and, uh, it's a busy, buzzy place, the Message Enterprise Centre. If you're in Manchester or you're passing through, come to our cafe. It's cracking. It's top 10 in TripAdvisor in the cafes in Manchester. Or have your hair cut in, in, uh, or your nails done. Or if you're that kind of person, the spray tan <laughs> in Shine Hair and Beauty. And we've got building teams and all kinds of businesses. There are eight businesses based here now in Manchester. And we're rolling this model out internationally in Cape Town, in London. We've got a cracking new cafe launch on the 1st of February in Covent Garden on Neil Street, one of the best streets in Britain. We've got a beautiful Eden Cafe in Vancouver. And yeah, so we're determined to give people everything they need to come become the best they can be in God. So yeah. give them a job, give them a home, give them all the support. And guess what? They're going to become disciples. It's fantastic. And it's really exciting, this uh, this one in Neil Street in London. So that, is, as Annie says, it's, it's opening in just a, a few days' time. And uh, we've uh, been working with London City Mission, the guys down there. And uh, yeah, it's super exciting. It's going to be an incredible cafe. Um, it's going to have some space there that if you if you work in London, you need uh, you need a room to to uh, do meetings and stuff in. I'm going to have that there as well. Um, go along and get a coffee there. Mm. Um, and uh, yeah, it's going to be an amazing amazing place to disciple people uh, who are coming out of prison, particularly um, um, out of London prisons. So we've now got a prisons worker um, in Feltham Young Offenders, don't we? Yes, we do. And we'll be meeting people in the prison leading them to Jesus, discipling them in prison, meeting at the gate, giving them a job and in a whole discipleship context and training them, people who perhaps never worked before or certainly never held down a job. And uh, really exciting, yeah. And, and it's, it's, again, it's like real Wesley Booth stuff. You know, it's fully Jesus-centred, fully gospel, but it's meeting people's real needs as well. Fantastic. And someone who's been through that whole process of uh, us meeting them in prison and then coming on fully through our programs and, and has come out the other end uh, is uh, Dennis, who's on one of our teams mm. here. And he's one of our Urban Hero Award winners last year. And uh, here's his story. 
Um, yeah, no, I've been involved with the message for like two years, since 2017. And uh, I first joined the message, well, I joined the Oaks, that is part of the message, when I came into prison. And um, I've just graduated from the Oaks last year. And now I've moved out and living in a, a shared accommodation with two other graduates and working full time for the message as a, on the building team. I was what you call a functioning alcoholic. Because I was working, I kept myself clean. I didn't think I had a problem. I thought, well, I go to work, I do this, I'm, I'm fine. Pretty chaotic, really, you know, and um, chaotic, and I was in denial. I was in such denial, it was unreal. But the, the thing is, I was drinking and I was falling out with everybody and wanted to fight everybody and, not, and, and saying that they've got a problem, not me. In 2013, obviously, I, I, I assaulted somebody and I was sentenced to prison. And so I was sent to prison and I just like, I was just drawn, I was just compelled just to pray to Jesus, just ask Jesus to forgive me. And that's why I went to the chapel and experienced, oh, I just, like, I was just filled with God's presence and God's holiness. And um, it was absolutely amazing. And since then, I've never looked back. He's just blessed me, blessed me, blessed me. It's just been absolutely amazing. Well, the mess I was in the, in the prison and I was having guitar lessons and the, the message prison team sent somebody in to take the guitar class. He, he asked me after four weeks, Dennis, you've only got four weeks left. Like, um, what's your plans for when you get out? Like, what, what were you? And I said, you know what? I've been praying and asking the Lord would he provide somewhere for me to go. I wanted, to, I wanted a fresh start. I didn't want to come back out, go back to Old Trafford, where I was from, and start drinking again. I wanted a new life. And plus, I found Christ in prison now. I wanted to keep this going now, you know? And this person then showed me this said, who we wait for, the message trust. And they got a place called the Oaks that help ex-prisoners that want, want a new life with Christ. And I just thought, when I saw this, I was amazed. See, he was in the Oaks, and obviously I met him when we were at the message on prayer days, and, and he started doing a bit of volunteering then. He started volunteering for the building team last year. But he's, what I did notice straight away with Dennis was his passion for, for Jesus, his passion for God was, was paramount, really, really was paramount. Well, it's such an honour to work for the message and to be, um, to be an apprenticeship for the building team. I'm just so thankful and so grateful that I have this opportunity now to actually get a trade. I'm in such a, a good place now. So I lost a lot of confidence, self-esteem, and just thought I was just like good for nothing, like, and wasted. But now I have a purpose in life, I have a future, and um, the message has given me this future. And when you meet guys like Dennis, actually, uh, who is a genuine man of God, a humble, servant-hearted, just beautiful role model, it's hard to imagine him addicted and broken and in prison and violent and just a mess. And you see him now, and it's just a precious, precious thing to witness God's work in, in somebody's life like Dennis. And we're seeing more and more of that. I love the fact that when our team gets together, you know, for our for our prayer days or our team days, you know, a couple of hundred of us, there's so many people and they're Jesus-only stories and we absolutely celebrate that. And Dennis has been recently working on our Manchester House of Prayer. We've built a house of prayer. It's been a another little miracle at the back of our building here. And uh, he's been building that with the building team at The Message and it's really smart and we're really kind of proud of it in the right sense. Yeah, and this is something which um, uh, is not being sort of run by us. It's on our site, and we're, we've sort of gifted it to manage the House of Prayer. Just to, just tell people the story of how this thing came about, because it really is a miracle, isn't it? Yeah, it's cool. So 
the last two years, we've got some Ugandan friends who are just amazing prayers, uh, who, you know, Ugandan pastor who's based in Uganda and a, a pastor who's moved over here to Manchester. But they, they pray like few people I've ever seen, you know, with an intensity and a passion, but they hear the Lord. And we, so the last two years, we've had a week of 24-7 prayer. Last year, so that's a year last November, we during this week, we really felt the Lord say we need to be seeing if we could do this, you know, not just for one week a year, but round the clock. And uh, I, on the back of that, I thought, oh, I'm going to speak to everybody I know who knows how to pray. And and uh, so I spoke to people who have a heart for this. One person being Michael Ball, who heads up the Manchester House of Prayer. And these are a group of people who've got a vision to see night and day prayer uh, based here in Manchester. And I said to Michael, you know, what do you think about, could we sustain a, a 24-7 prayer thing? And he said, well, I've never been able to tell you this before, but eight years ago when we started the House of Prayer, I had a prophetic word from a guy who works for 24-7 prayer. And he said to me, the message you're going to give you a building and Andy Hawthorne's going to leverage all his contacts to roll out the red carpet for this House of Prayer, That the message you're going to give you. And uh, I knew it was the Lord, actually. And it was a massive weight off my shoulders because... We've got plenty going on. You know, we are full on on all fronts. And the thought of having to, to actually maintain and sustain 24 hours a day intercessing on this site, I thought, I wonder whether we can do that. But Michael, that's his whole passion, his heart, what he's called to. And he's he's got all sorts of connections in that world. And so basically in the last 12 months, we raised the money, built the house, launched it and I'm pretty sure right now as we record this podcast, there's people crying out to God the back of our building. And it's like the worship and the prayers going on and a river of life is going to flow out from there. And God really spoke to us actually several times this year through Ezekiel 47 that the river is going to flow out of that building. It's going to get deeper and deeper as it rolls out into the tough estates and the prisons and the communities. So it's exciting and, and anybody can come. Uh, if you put Manchester House of Prayer in Google, you can join in and come and pray here with people who care about the nation. Amazing. And we've got um, some other prayer networks happening across our work as well, which yeah. are really excited. So we've um, over in Yorkshire, our kind of central east hub, um, those guys have got a team of people now that are kind of praying regularly for the message, very specifically into the work that's going on there. And we're planning on setting those up in every area that we're working in the UK. So if you if you think, oh, I, you know, I'm, in, I'm in one of the regions where the message is working, do get in contact with us. Just mm. drop us an email, info at message.org.uk and we'll put you in contact with our, our hub guys. We'd love to be for you to be involved in that. But but there's also a place for everyone to get involved in prayer, isn't there? We have our, our uh, prayer calendar that we send out um, via email and also in the post as well. And again, just people can get in contact. It, it, this would not happen, would it, without prayer, Andy? 100%. And here in my office, I've got a pair of scissors, framed pair of scissors that somebody sent me after a talk a few years ago and on one blade, it says mission. And on the other blade, it says prayer. And underneath it says, keep on the cutting edge, Andy. And that is the cutting edge. Prayer and mission in tandem. You know, mission on its own tends to be powerless. You know, you don't see the breakthrough. Prayer on its own tends to be pious. You just become a bit holier than now and you're having your little moment with Jesus, but not changing the world. But mission and prayer can cut through powerfully. And we've stepped out in faith uh, with a bunch of other partners and booked the Manchester Velodrome for a great prayer gathering on the 26th of March. We've been having these Greater Manchester Prayer events. So if you're within hitting distance of Manchester, we'd love to see you come and join us for an incredible night of prayer and crying out to God at the Manchester Velodrome. 
can hold a whole load of people. It's much bigger than any prayer event we've had in Manchester for a long time. So we're in faith to believe that thousands of people will turn out that night and and it will be a cry to heaven for uh, for breakthrough. So Greater Manchester Prayer, 26th of March. It'd be so cool if you come to that. Yeah, it'll be a great, it'll be a great night. So make sure you come along to that mm-hmm. as well. And and what can what other things can people be praying for us in the meantime? If people listen to this podcast and think, oh yeah, I want to pray for the message. What 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 mm-hmm. are our sort of prayer needs at the moment, Andy? Pounds is always a need for the message, and it's amazing the way the finance comes in. But I think even more miraculous than the way the pounds, the millions of pounds comes in that we need to fulfil all that God's called us to is the people. We so need the right people. Pray for Eden workers. This year, once again, we need 144 new Eden workers who will make that massive faith step to move into inner city. We've got all kinds of leadership roles we need in the organisation, and we need faithful ambassadors advance ambassadors around the world so the right people pray that god will raise up this mighty army of servant-hearted people love jesus love the lost love the poor and and we can work together so as the work grows yeah we need more pounds but wow we need more people so pray for i guess you know like jesus said pray to the lord of the harvest for workers to be thrust out into the harvest field yeah, and we've also got our academy students as well, yeah. haven't we? So we've got um, our academy that runs here every year. So we have a bunch of young people that come and get training with us. And and actually, those are the people that come and join our, our Eden teams and join yeah. our missions bands and, and get plugged into other ministries, uh, both here in the UK and around the world, and are those evangelists that are seeing... Yeah millions of people getting saved actually so yeah if you know of any young person between 18 and 25 or if you're in that bracket yourself and you think i i really feel that a calling to evangelism the mm. calling to go and reach the lost then then get in contact with us we'd love to hear from you and we've got an open day coming up if you go to our message uh, website message.org.uk slash academy um all the details are on there about uh, the open days that we've got coming up in the next couple of months we'd love you to come and, along and we'd love to meet you yeah and it, you know Change your life or your money back. <laughs> Academy is absolutely, I've seen it every time. It's really remarkable what God can do with a, a young man or woman who just gives a year to learn about him, but to go on mission as well. And so many of our best leaders have come to Academy, haven't they? Yeah, they really have. So great. Well, thanks, Andy. Thanks for joining us again. And uh, do get in contact with us. Um, you can get in contact with us through our website, message.org.uk. And if you love the message, please share the good news. And it's so easy with a click to share podcasts and flow and that whole thing so yeah fantastic thanks very much